Well, I want to welcome everyone here on March 1st to the ninth podcast of the Montana DSA podcast series during the 2023 Montana legislative session. DSA is the Democratic Socialists of America, and Montana has several local DSA chapters that are affiliated with uh, Socialists of Democratic Socialists of America, which was founded in 1982. A couple of us uh, from the Helena chapter of DSA actually attended that uh, March 20th and 21st founding convention of DSA. So we've been connected to DSA for a long, long time. Our chapters of DSA in Billings, Bozeman, Helena, and Western Montana, primarily in Missoula, um, a lot of people, you know, maybe have used or heard the term socialism. And uh, if they've been using uh, Montana GOP uh, language, you know, they, they think they're radical uh, communist uh, dictators. Of course, that has no relationship to actual democratic socialism uh, because democratic socialists uh, believe that both the economy and society should be run democratically in every respect to meet human needs and not to make profits for a few. And that's the short version of it. Um, and we might want to discuss that further, but as the largest socialist organization in America since uh, Eugene Debs uh, ran for the presidency back in you know, 1900, 1904, 1908, 1912, again in 1920, uh, part of that uh, from jail, um, DSA, DSA members in Montana and across the country are working to build progressive movements for social change while establishing an openly democratic socialist president's presence in Montana's communities. This uh, DSA podcast is produced by the Helena D chapter uh, at the instigation and the, with the approval of the Montana DSA Legislative Action Group, which uh, last fall was part of a coalition of groups to defeat a uh, very regressive, repressive uh, uh, con constitutional uh, referendum, LR 131. Um, which we won't say too much about unless uh, there are some questions in anybody's mind. But the, pre the priorities that uh, we have been working on for Montana DSA as part of the Montana DSA Legislative Action Group uh, are three, affordable housing, abortion rights and reproductive justice, secondly, and then labor issues and working class uh, rights of workers issues. And thirdly, we're also interested in how we in Montana DSA can work collaboratively with other progressive groups and, and legislators. So uh, with that introduction, I want to say that uh, we're really uh, happy to have uh, guests from Great Falls today who are part of a group called, a uh, blog called What the Funk. Uh, some of you may have never heard of that or maybe you read, read it very regularly, but it's very worthwhile um, going ahead to take a look at that, as well as their Facebook page, which covers all kinds of things. And two of the people that we have today are two of the prime movers in that What the Funk blog. Uh, it's Jasmine Taylor and Helena Lovick. Lovick. Um, they are Great, Great Falls locals working to change their community. Uh, they, be po they post every week and sometimes much more often covering all things local. Uh, they cover state, issues in the Montana legislature. And they uh, have a great, great sense of humor that you will love. Jab Jasmine Taylor, she, her, is a lifelong Great Falls resident 
and first-time blogger. Uh, she is best known for hits, hits as Please Let Queer People Have Equal Rights and Maybe Billionaires Should Pay Taxes. Jasmine is often categorized as a bleeding heart idealist, she says. Caring about shit, as she says. Jasmine is also a graduate of the University of Montana with an MA in Public Administration. And of, she's a graduate also of the University of Providence with a BA in Psychology and English. Helena Lovick, our partner in this uh, podcast, is also a longtime resident of Great Falls, Montana. She says that she accidentally loved science too much, got her PhD in chemistry from the University of Washington. Now, I remember my uh, last chemistry class, that was in 1962, uh, when I was a student at the University of Notre Dame my freshman year, and uh, science and things since that time, and taught philosophy of science for years and years, but uh, uh, chemistry back in 1962 and 63. Well, um, Helena is, has a name that is pronounced just like the capital here in Helena. And uh, she is an active volunteer and works to support progressive policies through community organizing and education. Um, I'd like to turn it over to uh, Jasmine to start and uh, just have her tell us a little bit more about what uh, she wants to, us to know about what the funk the recent activities of, of the, the people involved in, in that blog and uh, let her begin the conversation in ways that uh, make sense to her. So Jasmine, if I could turn it over to you. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't think any of us set out to be bloggers. Um, Helena and myself and our friend Ken Toole who started the blog with us were more so involved in community organizing, different civil rights activism activities. Um, but the need for a blog arose just because of the, the paucity of local news. You know, Great Falls used to depend on the Great Falls Tribune for local news, for letters to the end, and, uh, you know, community conversations about what was happening in our state and local government. And with the Tribune, you know, drastically decreasing in size, there was a vacuum. And the only other blog that exists in Great Falls can best be categorized as kind of a uh, a far right-wing nationalist blog. And with only this extremist narrative going out there, um, we felt that there had to be some balance um, and there had to be an opportunity for coverage that, that really brought issues that people care about to the forefront and, and gave people a place to bring forth those opinions and have those conversations and really to fight back against the extremism that has taken hold in our city. Yeah, there's a real vacuum of progressive news in Great Falls and probably in the whole country, to be honest. But we thought, you know, we wanted to focus on local issues and have a counterpoint to that hate blog that Jasmine mentioned. And um, because our paper has been really decimated, there's not a neutral voice really in our community. And people aren't hearing about the types of you know, questionable ethical things that are happening in our community, um, what the legislators are doing. In the last election, Great Falls had a complete red wave. Um, all of our Democratic candidates lost as they had lost also in 2020. And so a lot of extremists got elected and people don't even know them. And so we're trying to shine a light on that because 
there's just this absence of accountability in our in our media lately. Well, we certainly have a lot of that same uh, thing here in Helena, as far as the news goes. We certainly have access to the Montana Free Press and other organizations that are doing more progressive uh, covering of things. But uh, a lot of us uh, would never believe that if we read the Helena Independent Record every day, like the Great Falls Tribune, that we would uh, know anything uh, significant about what was actually happening. So I'm glad that uh, that you've uh, taken up the, uh, the challenge to present that alternative, uh, more progressive standpoint on the news and both locally and in the legislature from your standpoint in Great Falls. Right, and I know- yeah, I think we're annoying all the right people. Yeah, we're definitely getting some attention. We just started up um, in the last, uh, gosh, uh, last year, last um, mm -hmm. summer, I think, was when it really started. And you were asking earlier, um, we were talking before we started on the blog about where our name came from. Um, and we were trying to be tongue in cheek with what the funk, um, what the fuck was taken. I don't know if I can swear on the blog. But um, Great Falls um, latest and most people that are, I guess, uh, we always called it the G-Funk when we were growing up. And um, so mm -hmm. people that live around here, it's kind of a normal thing. So it's a little bit of a, of a reference to our community as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, as I was reading through the what, what the Funk blog and both online uh, on the internet and on your Facebook page, see you've been covering all kinds of topics. Um, and you have certainly uh, pulled no punches on calling out some of the uh, Great Falls legislators who were uh, elected in that last term for some of the more egregious uh, um, things they've done in the legislature. Um, have you gotten any feedback from those folks at all? Or, or if you have gotten feedback from people in the community, uh, what, uh, what kind of feedback have, have you gotten? Uh, we have. Well, we've had some of the representatives um, respond to us, and um, it definitely hasn't been favorable. I think the what we take with that is, are you responding to the accuracy? We've said some inaccurate feedback we've had. The feedback they've had is they just don't like our tone, which is fine. We don't like them oppressing us. So it's, it, we're not really trying to curry favor. Um, you know, the the fact is the Republicans in this session had a huge amount of support from literal neo-Nazis. So we see the base that you're appealing to. That is your fan base. And we would love to be very distinctly on the other side of that aisle. Um, so yeah, they definitely are pissed off about it and we're happy to piss them off. We, yeah, we know what side of history they're on. Yeah, there's some real extremists that got elected and unfortunately keep getting reelected in our community. I mean, I can, can we name names? Uh, well, uh, lost in 18, won 20, and won again as a senator in 22. And he's my senator. And he doesn't believe that we should have overreacted 
Polio, the polio vaccine there, Oxfam Act in Montana. He doesn't think that people should even have to wear, required to wear blaze orange in the woods during hunting season. He um, thinks that we should be able to text and drive if we want to, and there shouldn't be consequences for that. He's all about freedom, except he wants to take that away, our reproductive freedom. Husband is now the host. Oh, there you go. Okay, we're back. We so, can edit yeah, this out later. Okay. We're what do you have to say about our slate of candidates to be sent to hell in the last election? I mean, honestly, it's it's been like so poorly on our city. And I think what we saw in Great Falls is that we, we elected these extremists. Literally, they're extremists. The Galloways are having fundraisers for militia groups. This is as extreme as we get before we have the Freeman, right? Um, and I don't think people realize this is not the majority opinion in Great Falls. Unfortunately, the majority in Great Falls is apathetic. The majority in Great Falls didn't vote in the midterms. And part of our hope is that when people see the absurdity of what is going on, you know, the government overreach, the privacy violations that if they're aware this is happening, then they will feel compelled to engage. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that believe that their vote doesn't matter or that, you know, there's no real consequences to this level of state government. And this session is showing us that there are extreme consequences. There is going to be medical discrimination. There are intense government surveillance things happening People like Lola Galloway are trying to install software on every phone in Montana to see what you're looking up. And, and I think we believe that if folks are aware this is happening, then they're going to care. They're going to realize that affects them. Word of press coverage from people like Senator Emmerich, because they're just putting forth these things that are ignorant and to the point of being laughable. And so I think for Great Falls, this session just shows how important it is to engage voters and to voting. The majority are not Jeremy Travis. The majority of people here not only attacking and pro skinning puppies, which is another thing Jeremy Trebus literally supporting. Uh, so I think that we're just highlighting extremism that is happening because no one else is, because there's no other source of information. And the average person is being crushed under capitalism and is struggling, struggling to survive day to day. You can't follow 96 bills going through the legislature on Wednesday. And so we're Also, people know it's not want to know. Really busy people. Almost everyone I know that's younger is working two jobs, has a side hustle. Well, that's a second job. And then they have to retire. They don't want to have to track this depressing stuff that's going through the legislature. And they shouldn't have to. Our representatives should represent what the people want. They don't have to because we two bills. Uh, so there are lots of challenges to anyone who's trying to follow the legislature uh, and to be feel uh, 
but confident that our legislative uh, uh, agents, whether in Great Falls or Helena or elsewhere, are actually listening to us. In Great Falls, as you have been mentioning, you've, you've been dealing with some of the uh, most uh, uh, right-wing uh, folks who are now in the legislature putting forth bills that uh, all the groups, whether it's Northern Plains Resource Council or Montana Women Vote or uh, uh, the Montana Human Rights Network have called attention to as some of the worst, most uh, racist and misinformed pieces of information. Um, your blog, What the Funk, is an attempt to, as I understand it, uh, is an attempt to uh, you know, counteract that. And I really appreciate the fact that you're trying to do that because uh, I know that Great Falls is, is uh, a place uh, that is sort of many for, for many years was sort of uh, um, under the thumb of Malmstrom Air Force Base and, and the, the military presence there that uh, actually was not the largest employer in the area, but certainly had the most power uh, in terms of <laughs> deciding what was going to happen and what wasn't going to happen. In terms of uh, the future activities of your blog during the legislative session, uh, what are you going to be doing to uh, track certain pieces of legislation that are especially important to you? Well, we're really trying to focus on our representatives. Um, there are certain bills we're tracking from other crazy extremists because they're so important. But what we're really trying to do is let people know how our representatives are voting on these bills. For example, you know, we've had some bills for, you know, youth mental health screening and suicide prevention, and our Great Falls reps are consistently voting against them. And even if they're not the sponsor of the bill, it matters how they vote. You know, we we did a piece on Lola Galloway, who likes to dress up like she's, you know, in her Western wear with some really outdated imagery of Native Americans. Well, she just voted against Montana ICWA this week. So we want accountability for the folks that we elected. Um, and so we're tracking not only the bills that they're sponsoring, which have been insane, but how they're voting on these really important bills. And kind of informally, we're we're covering the topics that I think we care about personally as well, because you know when you're when you're writing about things and you want to be genuine, it's better to write about those things that are really going to resonate with you. And I think Helena and I have both connected over medical privacy. Um, you know, I've always been very vocal about the fact that I had an abortion in my twenties, and when I ran against Lola, that was one of my main talking points. Lola is a person that when we're out there supporting Planned Parenthood she is out there counter protesting, harassing people going in. And so we're covering her bills. You know, we see that she's trying to make abortion a felony at 24 weeks, which is tragic. You know, no one at 24 weeks is having an abortion because things have gone as planned. And the last thing anybody needs in that heartbreaking situation is Lola fucking Galloway in there telling you what you should do and trying to force your her religion on you and making this you know, life-altering medical situation even more difficult. And so we're we're trying to keep up with what everybody's doing and we're trying to bring focus to those issues that are really life or death for people. And there's there's a lot of life or death issues that are being decided in the legislature this session. There really is. Um, one of the things I was, I, I, I got the, new, the paper today and our, our Tribune is really, really decimated in Great Falls, but you can see it says, you know, trans people facing horrifying rhetoric. 
And that's that's other things like our our legislature is attacking people's freedoms. And we if people don't have a trusted news source or if they hear lies from this hate blogs or or right wing media, they're not going to understand the existential crisis that we have been creating for youth suicides like Jasmine just mentioned. Um, you know, services for people to meet their medical needs. It's completely inappropriate that they're trying to say how a doctor should do a medical procedure. And that's what the kind of bills they're trying to push through. And I mean, maybe that ties into their anti-science, dark ages stuff that they're trying to push, but that's not the Montana that, mo that the majority of Montanans want. And it's certainly not the one that, you know, Great Falls wants. It just, unfortunately, we've elected people that for some reason, that's kind of what they want. They want to force their religious beliefs upon all of us. And, and it's not, it, it's, it's of so many consequences that people aren't seeing. And so that's kind of where you need to have this kind of breakout echo chamber, like the humor that we try to put in it, because these are dark times, this is bad. And if you can't laugh a little, then it's just too much depressing. You know, you can't, you can't have, any joy in your life and so we try to have some like you know making fun of some of the things that they're doing just how ridiculous it is um just to make it so that we can sleep at night a little bit and not be you know having nightmares about what our future looks like under these types of extremist policies that they're going to pass and have signed by our governor if we don't let people know about them so um, yeah, i think that you know our audience is folks that we want to engage, right? We are not interested in trying to change the minds of neo-Nazis. That's not a good use of our time. If it's pissing them off, that's great because they are vile. We don't want their approval. So we want to engage people that haven't engaged before in politics. But we also want to make sure that, you know, the people who are most affected by this know that they're not alone, know that there's people fighting for them. One of our last um, guest pieces was a reverend in town. Um, I'm a member of the LGBTQ community, so is the reverend that wrote this piece. And we had great feedback from that because there are a lot of folks who are being targeted by these laws in Great Falls that feel incredibly alone. And, and we need to let them know that, hey, like, you're not alone in this. We don't buy into this narrative. You belong here and we're going to fight for you too. And I think that's the second part. And you have to inject some humor into that. You have to acknowledge the absurdity of it. Uh, because at this point, like my ulcers have ulcers. Like we have so much stress and so much pain happening. And there is so much oppression happening in our state that you have to invite a little bit of levity to engage people as well. We, we doom scroll enough. Sometimes you have to laugh at, at just how crazy shit is. Right, and we want to give a platform to that like voice of like an ally or a voice of like common sense. Like, hey, this is insane what they're pushing. Just so you know, you're not crazy when you think this doesn't isn't right. It's not what I want. Yeah, you're right. Why are they doing it then? And then like this is dehumanizing of people that's happening with their reproductive attacks their attacks on the LGBTQ community. Just, I think it was last week, there was a hate crime where a transgendered person in Great Falls was, was severely injured. And I, it comes, it follows the trail from all this hate speech of, that they're saying about the LGBT community. It's stirred up because they love it because it gets people fired up on their base, but it's not what the majority of Montanans want. 
And they need to know that they're doing this so that hopefully in the next election, and even now there's accountability and a, a public response to counter these crazy bills so that we don't get them enacted into law. One of the things I think about when I hear you is, is thinking back upon um, you know, the last uh, 20, 25 years of my uh, presence in Montana. I've, I've been here for 50 years and uh, I never voted for any of even the more uh, conservative Democrats, much less any of the Republicans. And I did run for office until I found out that I was in violation of the Hatch Act, which uh, is an act that doesn't allow people whose salaries were paid for by federal funds to run in partisan elections. And so uh, I had to withdraw, but I've been following very things very closely. And I know that uh, so many things could have been changed if, if only, you know, some people, you know, were not sexist. Because I can think back to the time when uh, Dorothy Bradley lost by one half of 1% to be Montana's governor. I was, I knew Dorothy, my daughter even worked for her as an office manager during her campaign. And she lost, I would say, you know, by one half of 1% because there were too many people who simply couldn't stomach the fact that a woman was going to be our governor. And then we finally got our first governor, uh, Judy Martz, who um, was, you know, had some of the worst ideas of the Republicans in her, in her back pocket at all times. So there are lots of troubles, but in this current legislature, you know, I've noticed too, because I've, I've been following some of the more egregious uh, uh, pieces of legislation put forth by the Republicans, which would, you know, essentially say that uh, Article Two of the Constitution, which is the right to privacy, uh, should be uh, abolished. You know, it's ridiculous. Uh, Judge uh, Jim Nelson, uh, retired Supreme Court Just Justice Jim Nelson, has written about this uh, many times and has spoken out very loudly against these this kind of constitutional ignorance. But one one thing I remember is that there was a phrase by um, the philosopher Rousseau back in the uh, 18th century. He said, you have to get to believe absurdities to commit atrocities. And what I'm thinking is that uh, some of these bills are so obnoxiously based on ignorance uh, and uh, disregard of, of basic science, whether it's biology or, or chemistry or whatever, that um, we can say that, you know, there are atrocities in terms of the, uh, the kind of uh, bills that are being put forth and will probably face, as we did in the last, in the previous legislature in 2021, a whole set of bills that will be taken to the Supreme Court and will be ruled hopefully unconstitutional as well. But, uh, there's no guarantees in this kind of thing. And so it's a very uh, difficult and, you know, saying it's a dark time uh, is, is maybe a cliche, but uh, as you recall the poet, uh, um, whose name I can't remember, uh, he said, in a dark time, the eye begins to see. You begin to see that uh, our failures in the past to get citizens involved, to, to you know, to have a decent education for everyone uh, in science, in politics, and to have education be not just a preparation for some, some job or other, but 
her preparation to be a good moral citizen, well-informed, is a, is a uh, failure of our system for a long, long time. You've mentioned, you know, capitalism uh, ruling, and of course, uh, capitalism and human rights uh, have never commingled in any significant way, except by conflict. And the things you've been pointing out so far, uh, you know, are very similar to the ideas that democratic socialists have put forth, uh, such as housing rights as a right for everyone. We haven't mentioned that so far, but a lot of the, some of the bills in this legislature, which are having a tough time, are bills which would make uh, housing more affordable. Uh, and Senator Marianne Dunwell is, uh, is one of those who's uh, trying to push that forth. But housing issues, uh, we're in a housing crisis, but actually it's a housing emergency here in Helena. And we're trying to, we have a local group of uh, four different task forces that are looking at different aspects of this, but the legislature ought to be looking at it too, rather than finding ways as the governor and the Republicans are putting forth to uh, find ways to uh, uh, give back uh, most of the surplus to people who are wealthy rather than um, back into uh, the hands of working class people. So let me turn back to you folks and, and let you uh, get back into this conversation so that uh, we can really hear more of what you wanna say about what's coming up and what we need to really focus in on. Well, for housing, um, Great Falls, again, we we brought you our very worst. And so we're doing the opposite on housing. You know, we have Lola Sheldon Galloway and Stephen Galloway that we've elected and they're landlords. Their real estate portfolio is two and a half million dollars. And all they've done this session, besides attacking our privacy and our reproductive rights and queer people, is try to make themselves richer with housing. And Stephen has come up with bills to, first of all, let a landlord um, enter a renter's house with 24 hours notice, no exceptions. So you're a single person in an apartment. You are in the hospital for three days. You can be evicted by the time you get back because 24 hours notice, your landlord tried to get in, you weren't there, you're gone. I mean, it would keep a renter from going on vacation. It's, it's an egregious privacy violation. Um, another uh, Stephen Galloway uh, push is to evict people in uh, 72 hours. They want to get people out within three days, which again, these laws only benefit landlords, but we elected a bunch of fucking landlords. And then we have, um, oh gosh, Steve Fitzpatrick over in the Senate that we elected, who's trying to prohibit rent control on privately owned properties, like the properties owned by the Galloways, like the properties owned by all of these representatives. And it's it's just such a shame when we have a citizen legislature that we have really elected the wealthy elite. Um, we have a guy, George, oh, I always slaughter his last name, George Nicolakoulos. I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong. You know, we looked at what he spent on his election and he spent over $40,000 of his own money to get elected. Most folks in Great Falls don't make that in a year. And so we've elected this slate of people who do not have the same lived reality. They're not living paycheck to paycheck. They not only own their home, they own 20 rental properties. And all they've done this session is pass laws that will make it harder for people that have a house, make it easier to evict people and worsen our housing crisis significantly. And I just, I don't think that's what the people of Great Walls were, were hoping folks were gonna do when they got to Helena this year. Yeah, I think, 
I think capitalism is really um, screwed with our minds because it's kind of taught us, um, they, they preach this, oh, you guys should work really hard. Um, you know, people that are working class and, and the poor, um, and you know, you, you know, there's there's pride and good got job well done. But meanwhile, the people with the power, the people with the megaphones are the ultra rich, like the Galloways in our community, the two, there's a husband and wife pair that are elected from Great Falls, both equally terrible in their own way. Um, and, you know, we give them this platform and then of course they choose to enrich themselves rather than looking out for the, the people with no voice. The unhoused people in Great Falls and people that are, you know, housing instability, they don't have time to be um, educated on, you know, educating others on their situation. They're working too many jobs. They're trying to find a place to stay at night. They're not able to be that voice. And then you see this fallout where we have more unhoused people and then they're in even worse position. They're cutting services to give money back to the rich. How horrible is that? You know, the majority of people don't want that. We have hearts, but we're taught Oh, they, they didn't work hard enough. If you work harder, this won't happen to you. And that's the kind of culture we've created in our country and in our state that it's not true anymore. They've cut the services so bone deep, people can't get ahead and then they don't have time to fight back and it perpetuates and makes it worse. And then that's why the income inequality that we're seeing in our state and nationally is just accelerating because of these types of policies. We've definitely created, I think Helena touched on this, this belief where we confuse wealth with merit or wealth with moral superiority. And I think what these Great Falls candidates have shown us is you can say you're religious and you can have a lot of money. It doesn't make you a good person. How you treat those who are in a position of less power than you, that is where we should be measuring your moral character. And every opportunity these folks have had to make life better for the poor and the middle class, they've done the opposite. They've made it incredibly clear that they're working for themselves and that this, I mean, there is no reason that a person who has 40,000 extra dollars is gonna go take a job that pays a hundred bucks a day unless they're gonna make more money off it. It's the same thing we're seeing our governor doing. Our civic date is being sold off and the, the surplus and by which he means the money that Biden gave him all those federal dollars, they're going to go to what, $6,000 each for the wealthiest people, less than 100 for most of us. I mean, it's just absurd. It's just so blatant. And, mm -hmm. and for some reason, we're the ones that are being crazy if we call them out on it. You know, We're the ones that are being extreme when we say, wow, guys, you're getting really fucked over here. Look at how they're voting. Um, and again, I don't think it's that people don't care or that people agree with it. I think people don't know because they're they're too busy struggling to survive. It's it's taught helpless, it's taught apathy because we try and we're working multiple jobs and we can't get ahead. So they don't, it's not worth my time to think about that. I gotta focus on living and survival. And yeah, Gianforte with his hundreds of millions of dollars, he was like the richest member of Congress when he was like elected to the house. I mean, he doesn't understand the struggle of working Montanans and he's not looking out for our interests. And that's why he's doing all this too about his little educational foundation, the fact that they're attacking our public schools, trying to take public dollars for private schools. It's undermining the education of our youth and our future. And then how can you, if you're not educated, how can you 
get that. That's the one place in America where we were, you know, able to take ourselves to a higher economic status, you know, by working and learning and gaining knowledge. And even if it's just knowledge, like Frank was saying, just knowledge for its own sake, that's good for our country to have thinkers and intellectuals. And we've somehow demonized intellectualism, but that's like the, that's the amazing thing about being a human. And we're undermining our schools with this slate of legislators and this governor and it's purposeful to make a good worker so it doesn't question the system, that doesn't question opportunities and create them themselves because we don't even have the tools to do it. And that, that's, that's one of the most scary things when they're talking about not teaching scientific fact and the book bans and all the things we've been hearing about. You know, I, I really think people aren't aware of all these ties together because like they don't have time to look into it and to think about it. They're not educated on it on purpose. Well, I, I agree with that, uh, Helena. And I'm just thinking back to uh, what you said earlier that you said it is, it is the case that people do care, but they're distracted and they're, they're um, hindered by the, the work and the, and the time that they need to put in just to survive. And although this mythology that we're the greatest nation on earth uh, is constantly you know, drummed into us, uh, we have we are the greatest capitalist nation on earth, not the greatest nation on earth, and, and those two are, are not in any way the same, because as as you both are saying, people who um, cannot um, you know meet their basic needs uh, get so discouraged, and and that contradicts the the the, the rhetoric about us being the light on the hill that you know, is this hope to the whole world. We have the greatest, among the industrialized nations, the United States has the greatest wealth inequality. Now, do people know that? Um, a lot of people don't know that, as a matter of fact. And I know that when I study things, sometimes I say to myself, well, I guess I've been living behind a veil of ignorance. I, I should have known this fact about uh, the housing crisis in Montana, or the fact that uh, the housing prices have increased more in Montana than in, in most of the places in the United States. Uh, we're a, a place that has you know, a large population of low and moderate income people. All of these things you know, in reality ought to be leading us to a democratic socialist understanding saying what we need to do is to see that it's this um, corrupt system that we're in. Uh, and it's not the corrupt system that these uh, right-wing Christians are talking about. It's it's the corruption of rich people, you know, using their power to keep things as they are when things are so unequal uh, for for the working class and for for women and children especially. Right. Well, and I think the idea that we're the greatest nation on earth, first of all, that is white mythology. You know, ask an indigenous person if the United States is the greatest nation on earth. And I don't think you're going to get that answer. And I think we've, we see that white mythos and that, that white mythology. We've seen that in the legislature, too. I think one of the most upsetting displays of ignorance and racism that I've seen this session is how, how his fellow senators treated uh, Shane Morgell when he was talking about 
Columbus Day. You know, the, the fact that Columbus was a, a genocidal rapist, those are the facts, that is history. And he's confronted with these white senators that tell him he, he's killed his own bill because he came forth with this factual information. Um, and I thought his response to some of these really racist bills that we've seen, like, we're gonna get rid of reservations, was wonderful and said we need indigenous education for all, um, which was a wonderful classy response and much nicer than anything I would have had to say about that. But, you know, there's this, this nationalist idea that free speech only exists in the United States, you know, that some of these freedoms that we enjoy only exist here. And the implication there is that they only exist under capitalism. And that's just patently untrue. The freedoms that we have to express ourselves and to criticize our government and all of these things we enjoy to protest exist in other countries in the world whose citizens do not face the wealth inequality that we face here. Capitalism and freedom are not inextricably intertwined. We are fed that so that we'll be good little workers and so that we won't question the system. But in my opinion, the most patriotic thing you can do is criticize your country when it's doing something unjust. You know, the country is us collectively participating in our government. It is not blind obedience to power. And I think this is something Helena and I have faced a lot is this criticism of your extremists, your radicals. You know, you're the leader of Antifa because you dare criticize the government. Isn't that freedom of speech supposed to be what makes us the greatest nation in the world? I mean, the, there's just this level of willful cognitive dissonance that surrounds those topics. And, and they try to make it taboo to even talk about. And that serves to keep people like those we've elected in Great Falls in power and to keep them from being questioned when they're doing really egregious things. Right, like is it a right if you can't exercise that right? Like that that's something we have to, you know, we don't really think about with this free speech and people attack it. I'm like, do you understand what freedom of speech is? It's not a freedom to have a platform. It's not a freedom to say your racist things. It's a freedom that you won't get arrested you won't go be in prison for criticizing your government or you know other people you can say that i mean you don't need to have it you know on a platform and that's something scary too we haven't really touched on is this rise of white christian nationalism that's been happening in our state that's really frightening we've seen some real movers and shakers in that in our community um it's it's really concerning how they're pushing out their agenda and their religious teachings in public schools um, there's deputies teaching the Constitution to rural county schools in Cascade County. What does that mean? What are they, what's their interpretation of the Constitution? What made them a licensed certified teacher to teach that to children? You know, there's, uh, we already talked about it a little bit, but Gianforte's um, Family Foundation, where he's pushing out and they're getting, they have private schools where they've had white nationalists at their schools to their educate their children that's horrifying this is our next generation and there's not really an awareness that this is happening and so the more platforms that share that like um, our blog and other ones like it the better we off will be because we have to speak up against that make racists afraid again and not accept that type of bigotry in our community and in our state well, this is a, a great struggle that both of you are in as long as long along with the allies that you have there in Great Falls and across the state. But it is a daunting kind of thing to uh, realize that um, Christian nationalism, white Christian nationalism has become so widespread and so widely accepted 
And uh, of course, that pastor that that you uh, had uh, on your blog from the first Disciples of Christ Church in Great Falls, I think was really amazing to me. Stephen uh, Sunford, I believe was his name. Underwood. Underwood, rather. Um, I think really took that head on and, and said, uh, you know, people uh, have to realize that uh, when you attack uh, the, the right of people to, let's say, go to a drag show, you're not defending Christianity, you're showing your ignorance of genuine Christianity. And that's a sign of hope for me that there are Christians like Stephen uh, from the First Disciples uh, Church, Disciples of Christ Church there in, in Great Falls that are taking this on as you know, and, and our al your allies and you're allowing them to uh, uh, have a space on your blog. Um, I need to uh, bring our discussion to an end, but I want to give each of you a chance to just uh, think one more time about a message that uh, maybe you didn't get a chance to um, pass on or just to reiterate one more time uh, about what uh, what you'd like to people to take away from what the funk and, and your efforts. So let me, let me begin with you, Helena. Uh, sure. So I, I think what we're trying to do is create that platform and source for people to be informed. And so I'd love it if they would visit our blog at uh, WTF406.com or on Facebook, What the Funk blog 406. And I think that, you know, it's not hopeless. I, 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 that's what I, you know, I get so frustrated, but we can create a better world. So I'm always like, that's like my like, you know, drive is like, how can I make this place a little better for my fellow Montanans? And so if we can get out some of these um, completely extreme, ridiculous legislators in the next cycle, if we can kill some of these hateful bills, then that's a win. And it's a better world because we did that. Thank you. Jasmine. Uh, yeah, again, please check out WTF406.com um, or What the Funk on Facebook. You know, that's where we post all of our articles. I think for me, um, you know, I've been really privileged to work with Helena and some wonderful organizers and activists in Great Falls and across the state. And what I, what I firmly know is that we have the power. The working class is the largest class in the nation. We have the power. This is our government. This is our country. And there are good, decent people that really care. And when it comes to bigots and bullies, they're not that tough. They're very sensitive. And, you know, the little bit of pushback that we do, they hear it, they hate it, it gets a response. And so I know it can be scary to speak up. Um, but, you know, the first time you do something brave, it makes it easier to be brave the next time. And, and I firmly believe that the people of Montana don't want what's happening in the legislature right now. And that, you know, we're very strong when we're united. Um, and this is just when, one way to do that, one way to connect us and to educate people and to engage. Um, and if we all engage just a little bit, then we can make Montana a safer place for everybody. Well, I wanna thank both of you for your uh, beautiful presence here today your struggle there in Great Falls to um, show love for the people of Great Falls by saying, you're not gonna put up with this nonsense, as you say, what the funk, uh, <laughs> and to fight back with, with truth in a, in a way of, of love and intelligence 
Uh, it's like um, you're going after uh, AT&T, awareness, truths, and transformations. You know, increase the awareness to get people to come together on the truth and transform Great Falls and the rest of Montana into a place where uh, all those basic human rights and the rights of our environment are respected. So I wanna thank you both for the love and the intelligence that are shown in your efforts. And I invite everyone again to go to What the Funk blog on Facebook and also uh, on the internet uh, on your website. Uh, thank you very much again for being with us today as part of the Montana DSA Democratic Socialists of America podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.